Hello and welcome to this, my second episode on the Colorado Buffaloes uh, 2021 football campaign. Uh, my name is Trevor Monroe, and this episode I'll just give you my quick takes on the Buffs as they enter the season opener this Friday. Um, so uh, I'll, I guess to start, I'll pick up where I left off. So in the first uh episode, I basically gave an outlook on the buffs as they were entering camp. And I had some questions and some of those, uh, one was QB, that situation depth there. The other was the depth at the tackle position. And the other was Nate Lamon's health. At least those were three. I may have had a few others. So I just want to revisit, uh, some of those and, uh, for starters, at QB, the plot really thickens. So we went from a very high floor last spring where we had Sam Neuer, uh, you know, incoming transfer JT Shroud from Tennessee, and Brendan Lewis, all competing for the job, all probably very capable. Uh, Sam Neuer, incidentally, was just announced that he'll be the starter at Oregon State University. So he transferred out. JT Shroud had a knee injury, looks like a season uh, ending the injury early on in camp at their, I think it was their second scrimmage, maybe their first, second, second or first. And that leaves us with, uh, Brennan Lewis, who may have won the job in any event and, uh, certainly has a lot of potential, which we saw a glimpse of last year, but behind him, we only have one, uh, scholarship quarterback who drew Carter, who's a freshman and another walk-on freshman, uh, Jordan Wolverton. Although they did add James Mott, I think is his name, who uh, came from the University of Chicago, uh, quarterback there, may have played a season or two. Uh, so he will be probably a scout team quarterback. Uh, but that situation is going to prove, uh, you know, may, may make or break the Buffs season. So we hope that... Um, Brennan Lewis stays healthy and that he can be Brennan Lewis, meaning using his legs, using his athleticism. Uh, but we do want to keep him healthy. Uh, as for the situation at, at tackle, so um, Frank Phillip had off-season surgery. He's expected to miss a couple games. He's expected to start at right tackle when he's back. Uh, we have a transfer, Max Ray from Ohio State. He was also dinged up but he is expected to fill the slot at left tackle, but we'll see if he's available by the opener. Uh, behind them, the situation uh, looks better. So Jake Wiley, uh, I think he's a sophomore from Aurora. He had a great fall camp. Uh, he's in great shape. Mitch Rodriguez went as far as to say that Frank Phillip might have to fight for his job back. So Jake Wiley has really come on strong. They've also moved Chance Lytle and Joshua Gines over from the inside. So both are kind of veterans. They both have uh, playing experience and have done a really good job inside. Uh, Chance at the guard position and Gines at uh, center and guard. Uh, they provide depth. Uh, and who knows? Um, Chance Lytle certainly could compete for that uh, uh one of those positions too, should Max Ray or Frank Phillip not be able to, to, uh, to return. 
as far as Nate Lamon's health is concerned, it sounds like all signs are that he is fully recovered. Uh, that he's moving around as if he did not have, you know, the injury. In fact, his position coach, Mark Smith said he would not have known Nate Landman had the injury. This is Mark's first year, um, had he not been told. So he's looking good. We'll see. Okay. Let's turn to some just things in general that I'm looking to, uh, to see in the opener. So a couple things, I guess that everyone will be looking at, uh, all eyes will be on Brendan Lewis and, you know, how he performs, you know, at times he may look like a superhero at times. He's going to look like uh, a freshman who makes a lot of mistakes. Hopefully uh, it's more for me, just, you know, game management that he's able to execute the game plan that he doesn't look too panicked and he doesn't, and he limits the mistakes that would be super successful. And I'd also like to see uh, him, you know, show what he can do. Uh, with with his legs, with his athleticism, um, but but the biggest thing is that he's he's competent, he's effective, and he stays healthy. Uh, another thing that I'll be keeping my eyes out for is what the defensive scheme looks like, especially up front. So Chris Wilson, this is his uh, first year as the defensive coordinator. He was defensive line coach last year. One of the things he's more of a proponent of is a one gap system as opposed to a two gap. So a two gaps, mostly three man fronts in the, the defensive linemen are expected to cover both of their gaps and, you know, hold up the blockers and so forth. Whereas a one gap, they basically choose one side or the other and they, you know, try to create pressure. So looking for that pressure, you know, disruption up front on the defensive side, maybe also on the offensive side, uh, we're expecting to see a more sophisticated, you know, scheme this year. Although I might, I might wait until Texas A&M and, and some of the other power five games later in the schedule to see how that develops, given the QB situation, especially. Um, uh, but I think that's, those are a couple, three things I'd look for uh, just, just in general, as we, as we get into the, to the first game. Um, now, also, just players that I'm looking forward to, to seeing in action. So um, so behind Lewis, of course, uh, I hope he does well enough, and I hope the game is well in hand so that they can put in the backups. I'd like to see Drew Carter uh, and Jordan Wolverton get, get some, uh, some repetitions, uh, more so for Drew Carter, but I will rest easier if both of them look the part, they look like they belong. Um, I think that will be a good start and something that they can build on to start, uh, you know, preparing those, those backups to play, uh, in the games, should they need them down the line. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the incoming transfers. So we have three transfers at linebacker kind of defensive end position. So one, Robert Barnes from Oklahoma. He's a former five-star. He does have experience, big-time experience with Oklahoma in big games, uh, as does Jack Lamb, transfer from Notre Dame, former four-star. He's mostly been in special teams, but those two have had great off-seasons. Uh, Robert Barnes was here in the spring. Jack Lamb arrived in the fall, but it looks like both will factor in their their leaders already or recognized for, for, for their leadership. Um uh, and uh, we'll see, you know, what what they get as far as starting positions. Uh, 
possibly both of them might might get into the starting rotation, but we expect to see them both. Um, I'm hoping to see uh, Chris Miller and see how he factors in to see if he's a starter, if he gets a lot of playing time. So Chris uh, will, will maybe really change the equation at safety, providing some depth that's much needed there. He uh, he has a lot of potential. He's a very, uh, you know, uh, physically, he, he's very gifted and athletic. Uh, his only uh, drawback is he's had several injuries over the years that have kept him uh, from seeing significant playing time. But uh, uh, I think at the safety position, you've got you've got Mark Perry, you've got Isaiah Lewis who came on really strong last year, you've got Ray Robinson who moved over a few others, Trustin Oliver, uh, Appleton, uh, freshman Trevor Woods. But if we can get Chris Miller in the picture, that will at least give us, uh, I think, four solid options there. Uh, and the better he is, I think the better. Uh, we can shore up that position because otherwise we have, uh, we have depth across the board. In my view, linebackers, uh, defensive line, not maybe not as much as linebacker position, but the corners are super solid Blackman, uh, Gonzalez. And they've got, they got some uh, players behind them. who should be able to fill in too, but, uh, uh, both prospect, you know, professional level talent at the corner position. So it could be a, a really good defense. Uh, and finally, you know, late <laughs> Nate Landman. Uh, just want to see him get in there, look like himself, play like uh, he can, and then get out and rest and save him for the other games. Uh, but those are the players I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the most. Uh, when it comes to the opponent, now I don't know much about University of Northern Colorado. I don't think a lot of people do know much about the current program because they have a new head coach, Eric McCaffrey. Uh, former Broncos wide receiver, also was a coach, I think, uh, at Valor Christian, if I'm not mistaken, in in Aurora. Uh, but he takes over the job, and he brings with him a lot of his colleagues from the high school level as coaching staff. Um, and there's just not a lot of film or anything to go on on as far as what schemes they'll be running. So uh Colorado is just going to have to adapt and adjust in the game. Um, that will be, that will be, I guess, a challenge what the biggest challenge they have from that perspective. Otherwise, uh, there are a few other things that are notable. Uh, they have several power five transfers. The biggest one is, uh, Eric's Eric McCaffrey's son, uh, Dylan McCaffrey, who is a quarterback and transfer from the university of Michigan. Uh, they also have a running back from the University of Michigan, and they have players from Tech, TCU and Washington State University. Uh, I think they have a receiver, and I can't recall the other position. Uh, they uh, they have four or so former Colorado players. Uh, most recently, Austin uh, Williams, defensive lineman, transferred over. They have Urian Hudson, Chris Miller, uh, the former C, uh, professional player and CU cornerback. Uh, I think he also won the, oh, I forget what it is, the the award they give to the, the best defensive back of the year. Um, and a few other few other backup players that are over there from Colorado, or formerly with Colorado, now at UNC. So that's it as far as UNC. Uh, the biggest challenge, I guess, is that it's a little bit unknown on what, uh, what they'll be running. But other than that, I think the Buffs should be able to take care of business. 
they're better prepared. Uh, they should be better conditioned. They have a higher level of talent. And I think things should go their way. Uh, um, so that with that, I'll just uh, revisit some of the uh, expectations that I think I have for the buffs this year. Um, again, the the schedule that they have is really tough, and that's they could be a better team this year, uh, but they facing the ninth toughest schedule in the nation, according to ESPN, Phil Steele, and others, as they've got their work cut out for them. Um, I, I don't know if I gave a projection uh, in my first podcast, but I was watching some, some YouTube thing before JT Shrout got hurt. And according to this uh, this guy's opinion, the ceiling was somewhere around 10 wins. And that was as most as I've ever seen for uh, any other you know commentator. Most of the projections like Vegas has them at 4.5 wins uh, for the over and under this year. The power rankings are not friendly to the buffs, you know, uh, for the, the, the previous three and five year averages, those power rankings are the buffs are, you know, fall within somewhere like the 80th best, you know, somewhere in the eighties as far as uh, power rankings and teams. So, so it's not a pretty picture there, but I, I'm going to tend to agree with the 10 wins if we can remain healthy, you know, and 2016, I don't think the buffs had a significant injury other than Sefu. Uh, Steve Montez came in and, uh, you know, did a, did a bang up job, especially in that Oregon game and, and some other games. Uh, but other than that, they stayed healthy this year. We really need that QB position to stay healthy. We just don't know what we have, but we, I would assume as uh, that the, the freshmen behind Bilu are not prepared, uh, for, for play. So they're the biggest job the coaching staff has is to get them prepared. And the longer that they have to do that, the better, but hopefully it's just not needed. And, um, the buffs can get some wins, blowout wins where they get, get those, uh, backups, some experience. Uh, I think six wins, uh, would be a huge success given this schedule and get back to a bowl. So, uh, I think that's more realistic uh, I do think the buffs will be over the four four point five. They just have a lot of intangibles that can't be modeled, and I and I follow some of those power rankings, and uh, you know they usually have components of 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 talent measured by kind of recruiting talent. Some of the services like two four seven and Rivals, they have some component of player performance and experience, so they adjust for you know the actual statistics, things like that, uh, coaching experience. So of course the buffs are not going to show up strong in in those types of models and last year was a small sample uh four games um actually six games i guess uh if you include the bowl but um but nevertheless i think uh i think you, you can't look to any sort of model based on statistics that's going to project where where i think the buffs can be i think it's coming from that they do have a, a strong coaching staff and carl durrell that can develop players I think they have, a, a, we'll see if it, how much of an impact it plays, but they've got the right conditioning coach in Shan Turley. So they should be one of the better conditioned uh, programs out there. Um, and I think for the first time in a long time, for the most part, aside from, you know, aside from a few positions, unfortunately QB, they do have a lot of depth 
And in some positions, they won't face much of a drop-off, if any, like wide receiver, uh, running back, tight end, maybe tight end, but uh, linebacker, a lot of linebacking, you know, outside linebackers, especially uh, you just have a lot of talent also on the bench that uh, that can step in if needed. So with that, I think I think my my outlook would be get to six wins. If we really get lucky, we can probably get up to ten wins. Um, and I just want to say I'm so happy that we're back and get to experience you know college football with fans in uh, the stadium and. Uh, hopefully get out to Folsom Field a few times this year. Uh, it's a it's a special kind of unique experience and and uh, we get a we get a we get it back. So that's uh, certainly something to be grateful for. So with that, uh, go buffs and I'll check in uh, with you next time.